believe and see. And uh, I think something that we need to get deep down on the inside of us is it's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. This, this, this walk, this life that we live in Christ is all about have faith in God. It's all about believe before you see. Um, and so when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, um, I can probably ask for a raise of hands. Who saw the change in your life before you believed? Nobody. <laughs> exactly. So it's believe, then see the change. Believe, then see the supernatural, right? And so that's the way the kingdom of God works, and that's how God did it. That's how he does it. And, and so God is, is the supernatural happens in our lives, and we'll see the kingdom of heaven manifest in our lives if we'll have faith, if we'll believe. Amen? But it's not the other way around. And so, so often when we're believing God for something, um, a lot of people will lose heart in the midst of their believing because they don't see. But God says, believe, then see. I'm going to show you that in a number of ways from the word of God tonight. So faith is believing, then seeing. Um, and actually the word of God says Without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, this is how it's done. He wants you to believe his word and believe him before you ever see the outcome. It's just the way it works. When you trust somebody, you believe their word. When you trust a banker, you believe that they're, when they say, yes, you're, you're you know, qualified for this house, you can go ahead and look for this amount. You believe them, you take them at your word, and you go. And so God says a number of promises to us, and we should take them and go, you know. And so that's what he wants from us. And so we're going to talk about faith tonight and believing and then seeing the supernatural. I believe that we should be seeing so much more supernatural in our lives. We should be seeing the, the word of God at work in our lives. But so where, what's the problem? What's the issue here? I believe it's in our believing. I believe it's in the fact that we're trying to see something before um, we'll start believing it. And so that shouldn't be the case. It should be the other way around. Hebrews 11, 1 through 11, we're going to read. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So that's what God says faith is. It's the substance of things that you hope for, you're believing for, but you're believing for even though you can't yet see it. So here's some illustrations. Verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the world, the worlds was, were framed by the word of God so that things um, which we see were not made of things which do appear. <laughs> by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So in other words, he believed God. And, and he offered a sacrifice even though he didn't see the outcome of it, by which he obtained um, witness that he was righteous. God testifies, uh, testified of his gifts, and by um, and it being, I'm sorry, I have a weird um, translation, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because he was translated. For before his translation, he had a testimony that he pleased God. How do you please God? 
by faith. You believe God. You take him at his word. He says in verse 6, For without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God has to believe, or you could say have faith, that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then he goes on again. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen. So faith is what moved Noah. Faith in God's word is what moved Noah to build that ark, even though he didn't see a flood. Didn't feel a flood. There hadn't been rain. Yet he had faith. He believed, and then he saw. Amen? Abraham believed, and then he saw. By faith, um, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place which he should after receive an inheritance, he obeyed, and he went out having faith, not even knowing where he went. Like, God didn't give him a heads up, like, go, you know, 20 miles this way. Like, he had no idea where he was heading. <laughs> God just said, go, and he was gone. And he was going. Why? Because he had faith that when God says something, I'm just going to do it, and then I'm going to see the results. That's it. When God says something, you just want to believe him and do it, and then you see. So it's believing and then seeing. By faith, he sojourned into the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with him um, of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith, also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive a seed, and it was deli and delivered a child when she was past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. In other words, we know the story, like she had some doubt. She had some, some laughter in there um, about what God was going to do. Okay, it was kind of funny to her because she had gone all this time. But yet God says she had faith because she conceived this son and she had this son, right? And so God saw, um, she judged God faithful to fulfill his promises, Amen. So what is faith? Faith is believing something's going to happen that God spoke about before you ever see it. And so what faith is not then is waiting for something to happen and then believing it. That's the opposite of faith. And so I think a lot of times when we read the word of God or when we get a word from God, um, we don't truly believe it in our heart no matter what the circumstances say. Because look at Abraham and Sarah. Circumstances said otherwise. <laughs> that they were not going to have, you know, be the father of many nations or whatever. Circumstances said your womb is dead. You know, you're too old to, to do this. But maybe their feelings said that too. But they had faith in their heart. They believed God in their heart. Their mind, their emotions might have tried to contradict that, but you can believe God in your heart that God's word is true and not waver from it, even though your mind and your emotions can try to tell you otherwise. So just because you have um, opportunities to um, worry or doubt, and I think that's what happened with Sarah, is she kind of laughed about it. She kind of had a little doubt come against her mind, but that doesn't mean that she didn't trust God. Because she counted God faithful. Amen? So she had faith. And so 
we need to realize when God says something, we need to believe it before we see it, and then that is faith. In other words, believe in your heart that no matter what, God doesn't lie. So when he speaks something by his word or even like by his spirit, you can have faith in your heart and have excitement and expectation that it's going to happen even though you can't see it yet and even though you don't know how it's going to happen. But you have expectation. Why do you have expectation? You have faith. And faith is what brings brings that thing to, to uh, manifest. Faith is what endures and waits for it in expectation. Amen? And so um, in God's word, what, what, so all those stories, you know, we've got Enoch, we've got Abraham, we've got Sarah, we've got Noah, all these people that God lists. Abel, what was the common denominator? Each one of the stories, they saw the promise of God. They believed and had faith, and then they saw. They believed and had faith, then they saw. All the things that God had spoken to them were impossible things. Not possible with man. But because they believed God's word and what he spoke to them, and for some of them it was many years in between them and the prom- that and the promise, but they believed in their heart. Does it mean doubt? And, and conflicting feelings didn't come against them? No. Most likely they did. But in their heart of hearts, they knew that God doesn't lie. And they had faith. God, you will fulfill your promise. You will watch over your word and perform it. Amen? And so that's what they did. So the common denominator with all those stories that were just listed there in Hebrews was they all had faith in God. And therefore, they saw the manifestation of the glory of God. That's what it is. When you see an answer to prayer, when you see, um, when you see um, the fulfillment of a promise, you're seeing the manifestation of God's glory. Amen? And so they got to see the supernatural manifestation of that answer to prayer, all of them, because they had faith. I love this. God says all things are possible if you believe. And so really, faith equals believing, okay? So you can put them on the same plane. Faith equals believing. Believing with your heart that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. You believe before you see. Like I asked you, did you see a change in you before? No, it was after. Because when you believe in your heart, and you receive him as your Lord and Savior, then the supernatural happens and you get to see it, right? But sometimes you don't feel anything right away until later. God does a work. God works in your heart. God works in your life. So God says in his word, all things are possible. There's an if there, if you believe, if you have faith. But we need to realize the process of this is faith is believing before you see the supernatural. Just because you don't see an instantaneous, sometimes in the word, you saw instantaneous results of miracles, right? Um, But sometimes, even in Jesus' ministry, people didn't receive an instantaneous answer to prayer. So we need to understand that faith believes even though it doesn't see that instantaneous, right? God has spoken some things to us that are just now happening, but we didn't let God go from it. 
We reminded him of what he said. We believed in our heart that no matter what, he was going to bring it to pass. Amen? Why? You know, are we dumb for for reminding him? Are we dumb, you know, because he already knows? No, but he says, bring back to his remembrance the things that he said. What are you doing? You're letting him know, I remember this, and I have faith that you will fulfill your promise. Amen? In Mark 9, 21 through 24, Jesus asks, and this is a situation where there's a young boy, and he's uh, demon-possessed. Um, I don't know how he got there. It doesn't go into the backstory. But Jesus asks a, boy fa- a boy's father, how long has he been like this? And the boy's father says, from childhood, he answered. It's often thrown him into the fire or the water, and it tries to kill him. But if you can, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Notice the doubt there. (laughs) He's doubting, but yet at the same time, he must have some kind of faith in there to even present the situation to Jesus and ask him. And Jesus asks him, he says, if I can, he said, everything's possible for him who believes. So he needed to adjust this man's heart to a place of faith in order that he may see. See, this man was looking at the circumstance and the situation and kind of consumed with, you know, what, what was, you know, right before him. And so he's like, if you can do something about this, when Jesus says, anything's possible if a man believes. So immediately the boy recognizes what God's trying to do here, and he's saying, anything is possible if I believe and I recognize that I'm in doubt. And so he says, Lord, I believe. Like, he believed enough to bring the case to the Lord. But I like this because we're always, you know, we're always dealing with things of our minds. And I like, I just, it was so great, such a confirmation in my devotional today. It was a story of Brother Hagen talking about things coming against his mind even though he believed in his heart. It doesn't mean you've gotten into doubt. You just kind of recognize it doesn't line up and cast those thoughts down. Just because you have feelings come against you that are contrary to what God's word has said, you just got to do the right thing with those contrary thoughts and cast them down and just continue believing, right? And so I love this because... This man has both faith but yet doubt at the same time, and it's a perfect example of this. So don't think, oh, I've lost it all. i got to start all over again. No, because right here, this man says, I have faith, but help my unbelief. I believe, he says. How can you have both? Well, like I just illustrated, you can believe in your heart, but yet you've got this unbelief trying to come against you because of the circumstances. But So it's important to only listen to believing and trusting God. And anything that's contrary to the knowledge of what God has spoken, cast it down, resist it, amen? So immediately the boy's father says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Why? Because remember, you're not going to see your miracle, you're not going to see unless you believe first. You want to believe and then you see why, because that's what faith is. In John 11, verses 11 and 12. Oh, for some reason I don't have verse 11 there. All right. Well, the disciples um, come to the Lord concerning Lazarus. 
in his verse 12, the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. Because um, Jesus like, don't worry about he's sleeping, his response to them coming to him about Lazarus. And um, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was literally simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So they told him plainly, or he told him plain, them plainly then, Lazarus is dead. And listen to this. I thought this was so interesting, and I'm not going to get into this real deep, but he says, and it's for your sakes. He said, I'm glad I wasn't there for you because now you'll really believe. So the way they came to him concerning Lazarus and what took place is they're coming to him in doubt. Why are they even bringing it to him then? So they must have had some little seed of faith in them why they're coming to him, but, but they're really coming to him in doubt. And Jesus knew that this was going to happen. I mean, he even says it. It's okay. He's only sleeping. He's not making a big to-do about it. He says this has happened so that you will believe. I thought that was really interesting. Um, so, and he says, and this is for your sake, and I'm glad I wasn't there so that he would die. He, he's glad that he wasn't there to heal him so that he would die? I was just amazed at this. Why? Because some people need to see to believe, and it should be. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to show you from the word of God that, that this upsets the Lord. Now, Jesus walked this earth, and he did all these miracles and, and signs, and a lot of these people saw it firsthand, yet they're still needing to see in order to believe, and that is not faith. And the whole point of Jesus coming here was so that we would have faith in God. And faith is believing that everything Jesus has spoken is truth before you see it. But here, he's having to demonstrate and show the ones who are saying they're believers, they're followers of Christ, and yet he's like, I got to show you so that you'll believe. He says, and then I, that's just my, my notes. Notice that they really didn't believe until they saw, and that was really not faith. John eleven thirty two through 34, continuing on with the story. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would not have died. Then Jesus saw her weeping. I mean, I'm just amazed at this. Jesus saw her weeping and wailing with her. With her were, um, right, Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her. And a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Now, if you go back to the beginning of the story, he's nonchalant about it. It's okay. It's happened so that you will believe. So he already knows the Lord's going to raise him from the dead. Because it's happened so that they'll believe. He knows he's going to raise him from the dead. So why is he angry right here? Why is he upset? He's upset at their doubt and unbelief. He is not upset that Lazarus has died because he knows the Lord's going to raise him from the dead. He's upset with their unbelief. A deep anger wells up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? I'm going to say it like that because that's what I see. 
he asked them. They told him, come, Lord, and see. And it says, listen, then Jesus wept. And listen, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed blind. He could have kept Lazarus from dying. And then, then this is what it says. And Jesus was still angry as he arrived to the tomb. He's weeping because of their unbelief. He's not weeping because he's lost Lazarus because he knows he's going to be raised from the dead. I was amazed at this. He's upset at their unbelief. And so, and, and earlier in the passage, he says, this has happened so that you will believe. He already knew they had unbelief. And this has happened so that I'll raise him from the dead, and then you'll believe. But then when he gets there to do it, and he already knows he's going to do it, he's deeply angered. And who here has ever cried because they're so angry? And he cries because he's so upset that they still don't believe. So he's like, where did you put him? <laughs> okay. So listen, Jesus is still arrived as he um, arrives at the tomb, a, a cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. He says, roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, but Martha the dead man's sister, excuse me, protested, Lord. Now she's the one who came to him. Um, let me go back. So in the passage, in verse 11, the part that I had cut out in accident, she's the one who came to him and said, if only you would have been there. Okay? Um, but now we're back at um, 39. Roll the stone away, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. She's thinking he's going in there. To pay his respects. Because if she believed that he was going to raise him from the dead, why would she be like stopping him from going in? She thinks he's going in because he's sad and he wants to pay his respects. And so she's stopping him saying, Lord, it's going to be stinky. The smell will be terrible. So I just want to stop here for a moment. Notice two times... When Mary arrives and falls at his feet, and, and you can study this on your own um, and, and look at it. I, I, I encourage you to. Mary arrives and falls at his feet, and she blames him, saying her brother would not have died if he would have been there. Okay? So Jesus is angry there. And then Jesus is telling them to roll away the stone when he arrives at the tomb, and it says he's still angry. And he cries. I believe that the Lord is so upset at this point that he's crying because they still don't believe. So the Lord, if you read in the first passage, first part of this, in verse 11 and um, through 14, it says that this happened so that they would believe. So he already knew that that was the reason behind this. That he already knew why he didn't go to the town, you know, while he was still alive to heal him. This would happen so that they would believe. So verse 40, Jesus responded, 
This is the correction. This is why he's, this is why, where I get that he, why he's angry. Didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believe? So where in the world do we think, why in the world do we think we're going to get a miracle and see the manifestation of our miracle if we don't believe first? We must believe, he says, so that we will see the glory of God. So they rolled the stone aside. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. And he says this, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. The whole point of him raising Lazarus was from the dead was that the people that were so-called followers of Jesus would actually have faith in who he was. Then Jesus shouted aloud, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth, and Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. I don't know about you, but I was pretty amazed just, just reading that passage and how important and how saddened God is when we don't first have faith and then see. I'm glad that, like, the man who begged the Lord helped my unbelief. And in this situation, the Lord did this demonstration so that they would believe. But this is not the way God wants to work. He doesn't want to demonstrate himself, and then you believe he's, he's alive. He doesn't want to demonstrate the miracle, and then, oh, Lord, yeah, now I praise you. No, he wants you to believe before you see that's what gives God glory. And so it's like I could just sit here and I probably will um, go back and read it myself a number of times. And amazing how Jesus, when they tell him about Lazarus, he's like, it's okay. This is all for God's glory. This is all so that they would believe. He's not alarmed and rushing. He says, no, and they wait a couple days. He knows he's died, and they wait, and he's like, it's okay. It's all so that they will believe. So he knew from days before that he was going to raise him from the dead. So that is not the reason he's angry, and that's not the reason he's weeping. It's because they don't believe yet. They're not having faith to see. So isn't that good? And I like how he's like, you always hear me, but this is for their sake so that they will believe you sent me. So if you believe, we're talking about believe and then see. If you believe or you have faith, then you'll see the supernatural take place. So he scolded Martha from telling him he's going to stink. He scolded her and says, he must have pushed her aside. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to you. Roll the stone away. Stink or not stink, roll the stone away. Because I need to prove to you, because clearly you still don't believe. They loved him. 
They must have believed somewhat because they believed that if he had been there earlier, he could have saved them. But their belief wasn't quite enough. They still had unbelief coming against their minds that at this point, it wasn't possible. They hadn't seen someone raised from the dead apparently yet. But, you know, can we blame them? But I believe that in these last days, God need, and I believe that um, this is where I'm going to go with this, but I believe we're going to grab hold of this. That God tells the truth. And I believe that we're going to grab hold of the fact that we can believe God even though circumstances, even though feelings may bombard us. We can believe in our heart what God has spoken, what God has said in his word, even though circumstances or feelings come against us that are contrary. Don't let that tell you that you're not in faith. Just resist it. If it's contrary to the knowledge of God, you resist it. And keep believing. Keep standing fast holding fast to your faith and your profession of faith. Amen? Without wavering. So this miracle causes them to believe. They've seen, now they have faith. And that is not the agenda of God. That is not, that's why he's saddened. That's why he's angered. Two, two, two or three times in this passage it says he's angered and he's still angered. Because it's not the way of God. It's not how he wants to do things. He's doing it as a demonstration so that they'll have faith. But he wants us, he says, did I not say if you believe, then you'll see the glory of God? And so in other words, if you want to see God moving in your life, if you want to see miracle signs and wonders take place, then you must believe and then you'll see. Blessed is he who believes without seeing. And I'll say, blessed is he who believes before he sees. But you can see it by the Spirit beforehand. You have faith and you can see it beforehand. Like God took Abraham out to look at the stars. Look at how many children you're going to have. Abraham believed in his heart and God gave him something to set his eyes on, set his gaze on. To keep him in faith. Okay, we're going to talk about this a little more and why, why God cares about this so much. John 20, 24 through 29. It's more of a teaching tonight, but um, I believe it's going to really teach us, instruct us so that we can receive miracle signs and wonders in our lives. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. So this is after Jesus' death and resurrection, okay? So one of the 12 disciples came. He was not with the others when Jesus came. So the Lord had appeared to the others, and Thomas wasn't with them at that time. They told Thomas, we've seen the Lord. But he replies, I won't believe it unless I see it. Unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into this inside of his wounds. I mean, he really has some doubts that they saw him. Yet Jesus had told him, on the third day I'm going to rise again. So 
Did he not believe anything he said? You know what I mean? So everybody's at a different place. <laughs> but he's so extreme, and he's like, he's kind of nicknamed Thomas the Doubter, too. I will not believe unless I can put my finger in his hands and my hand in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. At this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was suddenly standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. I love this. Because the Lord hears all. He hears all. He sees all. He knows when we're in faith and when we're not. Then he says to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand in my side. And don't be faithless any longer. Believe, with explanation mark it says. Believe. God does not like doubt. He wants us to believe before we see, before we experience. He wants us to take him at his word. He had told them through his word, instructed them by his word, that he was going to die and rise again from the dead. So why is he disbelieving that he's in front of them? You know? So... He's trying to encourage them. This is how I want you to believe. You need to have faith before you see. My Lord, my God, Thomas exclaims. Why? Because he saw, then he believed. And this is the opposite way that God works. I'm thankful that like the man who had his boy being thrown onto the ground, he understands when we're going through things that, you know, it was hard to look past that. But he's like, Lord, I believe that you can, but yet I'm so conflicted with this unbelief that comes against me. Help my unbelief. So Thomas has some major unbelief issues. He must have believed in the Lord because he followed him and roamed the earth with him for a number of years. But yet has some major unbelief issues. And the Lord speaks to him. and He's like, put your hand on my side and all that. And then Thomas explains, after touching him, my Lord, my God. And then Jesus brings correction. He says, you believe because you've seen, but that's not the way I taught you. He says, blessed are those who believe without seeing me first. Hallelujah. That pleases God. Abraham was counted righteous because he believed and had faith. God calls us blessed if we're someone who will believe his word, take him at his word, have faith and not doubt in our heart that whatever he said is coming to pass before we see it. He calls us blessed. He calls us righteous. Amen? That's what faith is. It's calling those things that are not as though it already is. That's what faith is. Faith is believing God, taking him at his word, not doubting in our heart, holding fast to what he has said. And when contrary circumstances come, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, or one day, it could, it could vary. <laughs> we see it in the word, 25 years for Abraham, you know, and another, you know, other situations, it's, it's you know, two days. But either way, God is blessed by us taking him at his word and believing in our heart before we see. In each situation, he's instructing them that they're doing it the wrong way. 
the man whose boy is thrown into the fire and all that, he's like, help my unbelief. He said, because the Lord spoke to him and he said, anything's possible if you believe. Remember, faith is believing before you see. Martha, Mary, the ones he loved so much, he's correcting them. He's upset at them. You mean I've spent all this time with you and I have to do this for you to believe. But the Lord knew ahead of time that he had to do this for them. But faith calls those things that be not as though it were. In other words, you're calling it that, like, this is going to happen. You're, you're planning that this is going to happen. You call those things that be not as though it were. You're planning that it's going to happen because you believe before you see. A great example of this is a, a woman who's pregnant, and especially back in the day. You know, I, I was watching these, like, old-time um, movies. I don't know if it was, like, 19... 1800s or something like that. Well, they didn't have ultrasounds back then. They believed before they saw, <laughs> truly. Nowadays, you can, like 10 weeks, you can get an ultrasound, start seeing the heartbeat. But they just believed before they saw. It's the same principle. It's having faith and making plans ahead of time that God's word is going to work that he's going to fulfill whatever he said, that he's going to watch over his promise. And so Abraham, even though he counted his body too old and, and Sarah's body as womb as good as dead, he still counted God as faithful. He still trusted God. Did doubts, unbeliefs try to come against him? 100% probably. <laughs> but he had to keep his eyes in faith, his heart in faith, hold fast to that profession of faith and not waver at what was promised. So Romans 4, we're going to talk about that right now. Romans 4, 16 through 22. So the promise is received by faith. In other words, the word that God gives you or the scriptures is received by faith. It is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For faith, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed or had faith in God who brings the, brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Didn't Jesus say all things are possible to those who believe? Well, something that was absolutely impossible for Abraham and his wife became possible. Why? Because they had faith before they saw. Amen? So even when there was no reason for hope, it says Abraham kept hoping, in other words, kept believing or kept having faith, believing that he would become a father of many nations, for God had said it to him. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith, it says, it did not weaken, even though he was at 100 years of age, and he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. It says, Abraham never wavered. Now, like, I, I want to stop there again. Don't get out of faith just because you think you missed it because you got into doubt. If those thoughts or bombardments and, and temptations to get into doubt come, just cast them down. That's not you unless you accept it. 
If it's contrary to what God has spoken or promised to you in his word, then cast it down. Resist it. Because it's the enemy. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Remember, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Well, this is the order of things that actually brings God glory. Now, clearly, God did miracles so that they would believe, and I think he'll do that. But what pleases God and brings God the most glory is when we believe him before we see it. And that should be the order, believe and then see. I remember, um, I think it was in, the, in the, um, one of the storms the disciples and him were in, Jesus were in, in Mark 17, 17, and Jesus corrects them and scolds them. How must I put up with you unbelieving people? <laughs> How many miracles do I have to do before you'll actually believe? Have faith before you see. Have faith in God. Take him at his word. And you'll, then you'll see the supernatural. Then you'll see the glory of God. That's the order of things. That's what God wants to do through his people. That's how God wants to reveal his glory to this world. And I, that's what I want to get into. I believe the word of God says, oh, I'll just say it, Habakkuk 2.14, it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Right? They're going to come to the knowledge of God's glory. Well, I was just kind of looking at that, and Jesus, in the middle of raising Lazarus from the dead, he says, didn't I say, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So in other words, at these end times, I believe people are going to see the glory of God because we're going to start believing and demonstrating his glory. We're going to start believing, having faith in God, and demonstrating his glory. So they're going to come to the knowledge of God, who God is, what he's capable of. I believe it because the word here, Colossians 1.27, for God wanted them to know the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you, and he gives you the assurance of sharing his glory. So now he wants us to be like Jesus, who raised Lazarus from the dead, so that God would get glory. They so then, because they, then if we believe, like Jesus believed, and he raised Lazarus from the dead, people are able to see the glory of God. God at work. God on the scene. His manifest presence, doing a work. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, and this is something we already have, by the way. Have you received Jesus into your heart? Okay. This is the secret. Christ lives in you. He's already there. He's not absent of his power. He's already in there. And then 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we now have this light shining in our hearts. Jesus is in our hearts. Even though 
We are like fragile clay jars containing a great treasure, even though we may be imperfect, in other words. Fragile, not perfect. We still need help with our unbelief. <laughs> like that man. Even though we're like fragile clay jars, this makes it very clear that our power is from God and not of ourselves. In other words, we should be demonstrating some kind of power. And that's only going to happen, what did he say? You will see the glory of God if you believe. So I believe that the Lord needs to help us with our unbelief. Because I believe if this power is already on the inside of us, we already have this treasure in our earthen vessel. And if Christ already lives in us and, and he gives us the assurance of sharing his glory, revealing his glory to the world, and the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth, then what's the issue if we already got everything we're going to need? Our issue is, Lord, help our unbelief. Because if we believed, we would see the glory of God manifesting. And I believe there's an increase, little in increments. But if we understand that that's what it is, that's what the hindrance is, that's why the world isn't flooded yet with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, it's because the believers are not yet being believers. Isn't that interesting? Everybody that the Lord is instructing here and correcting are already believers. But yet he's demonstrating it and correcting them to believe. <laughs> Lord, help our unbelief because truly we believe you in our heart, but you know, we're allowing things and 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 feelings and doubts and, and worries that we've never experienced this, so how will it work? We're allowing this stuff to cloud us and we're losing heart and losing our faith and, and, and hope where Abraham, he didn't waver. It says he grew in his faith. And he had the most impossible circumstance. But yeah, he grew in his faith. So he, he just like hold fast to that profession of faith. Hold on to what God has spoken. No matter what waves, no matter what things try to get you off course, keep Moving forward, keep your eyes focused on what God has spoken and don't go off of that. Believe and you will see the glory of God. Amen? Whatever, it is, whatever promise you're believing for, you have it on the inside of you. You have the power that produces miracles living on the inside of you. Even though you're, you may be imperfect like a fragile clay jar, you could be broken, cracked, <laughs> not perfect. But on the inside, you have a treasure, a power that's not of you, but it's God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? Maybe you don't feel like anybody special. You don't feel any different. But the truth of the matter is, if you believe God's word, he says Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you, and he will be revealed through you so that others will believe. Well, it's time that the believers start believing so that we can demonstrate the glory of the Lord so that the others can believe. 
The problem in the word of God and why he's so frustrated is the believers should be demonstrating to the unbelievers. But right here, he's having to demonstrate to the believers so that they believe. It shouldn't be the case. Especially now that we have Christ living on the inside of us. And so where we can practice is in our own lives and believing that he is faithful to fulfill the promises and stop wavering in doubt and unbelief when it comes to anything that God has spoken over your life. Hold fast to it. Don't detour from it. Imagine it. See it by faith before you actually see it in manifestation. Amen. Mark 11, 22 and 23, then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. Now, these are men who are seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. But God's instruction to them is have faith in God. In other words, they are kind of like probably you and I, or like the man who is like, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I, I have a feeling that that is where most of Christianity is. Most. Over 90% probably. Lord, I believe. We read the word. We believe. But when it comes down to us demonstrating or us seeing the manifestation, we're at the place that, that man was like, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Not realizing that we actually can be in two places at one time. We need to believe in our heart and not waver from that and realize this outside stuff isn't the real you. The real you is the spirit man on the inside. When you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again from the dead, it's not with your mind. It's not with your feeling. It's with the heart. And that's the same place that we believe anything else that the word of God says is ours. Believe with your heart. And when your mind or feelings say otherwise, Cast it down because you're believing with your heart the same thing that got you saved. Isn't that good? So I tell you the truth. He says, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lit. He's given you an extremity here. This is the possibilities for somebody who has faith, believes, and then will see. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. And it will happen. But you must really believe where? In your heart. It will happen. And do not doubt. Where? Did he say your mind? No. Did he say your feelings? No. He said really believe it in your heart and not doubt in your heart. I love the clarity of that. So, that means that you'll see the manifestation of whatever you're believing God for as long as you don't detour from having faith in your heart. So in, so in order for nothing to sway the faith in your heart, just continue to cast down the thoughts or imaginations that would try to get you to believe in your heart something else. So you weren't in doubt in your heart. The man who brought his boy to Jesus really wasn't in doubt in his heart because he believed enough to bring him to Jesus. He was having problems with his flesh, his mind, his emotions. Help my unbelief. 
And the same thing with the disciples, the same thing with these ones who love Jesus. They believe enough to follow him. They believe enough to say, Lord, if you would have been there, this wouldn't have happened. So clearly they have some belief in their heart. But yet the whole stories are, where's your faith? Only believe. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. You'll see the manifestation. He's teaching them how to function by faith because soon he's not going to be in front of them. Soon they're going to have to believe without seeing him. And so it goes with everything else in this life with the Lord and walk with the Lord. If you believed with your heart and that is what got you saved, then we need to believe with that same heart everything else that he has spoken to us. And this, by this, we have this light, this great treasure on the inside of us that the excellency and the power of God will be revealed through us who believe. But those who are believers that are not believing, who are yielding to that doubt, are not going to see the glory of God. You might see it, but you're not going to reveal it. You're not going to be one who reveals it like Jesus revealed it by raising the dead, casting out devils, healing the sick. The possibility is there, but only for those who believe. The treasure's in there, but you got to open it up. So it's not like God's a respecter of persons. We've all been given the same measure of faith. We've all been given Jesus on the inside, this great treasure. And with him is all his power and all his ability. But he says, all things are possible, and there's an if, if you believe. So let's read this one more time. Then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But there are these two things that must be the case. You must really believe in your heart. It will happen and have no doubt in your heart. So take God at his word and don't be swayed by the feelings. Don't be swayed by the bombardments of your mind and don't give those things place. Cast them down so that they don't take root in your heart. Just keep believing and you will see the glory of God. So Mary and Martha, now I haven't been in this situation, but they would have done well. They were in faith. But the moment Lazarus died, they gave up faith. They yielded to the circumstances, caused that to get in, and then they doubt it. They come crying to Jesus when he arrives, if only. So, so, so they believed, but then they got into doubt and unbelief. So that's an example of us being in faith, believing a promise, and then allowing circumstances to attack that, and we let it in. And then that's what we believe, the circumstance over what God said. So don't let that happen. Hold fast to your profession of faith. Hold fast. Don't waver in your faith. Keep moving forward. Keep holding on because God is faithful to whom he has promised. Amen? So I, I just pray over us. It's in the word for a reason. Lord, help our unbelief. Help us not to believe the unbelief. 
Help us not to receive into our heart the unbelief. Because of the circumstances, we feel hopeless, but we shouldn't because we've got a hope. He's our anchor. He's our hope. All things are possible if you'll just keep believing. Amen? So, how, if, if we pray, Lord, help my unbelief, how can we help our unbelief? Well, he gave us two things. See, we've all been given the same measure of faith, but we can grow in our believing. We can grow in our faith. And that's Jude 1.20. He says, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. What does that do? I don't know. It's like pumping spiritual iron, and, and, you, and you, you increase in the knowledge of God. You increase in the wisdom of God. You increase in the understanding of how God works, and you become a strong spiritual giant. So back then, they didn't have this, you know, with that man who's like, Lord, help my unbelief. But we do. And he says, you can build your faith. And you can believe in a greater way if you will build yourself up praying in the Holy Spirit. And then, then Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now we already have faith in our hearts. We believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. There's faith there. He put it in there so that we could believe that Jesus, you know, was Lord. But it can be increased. It can grow. And when faith grows, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen? Now, this is one more last scripture just to show you. This is what God wants to do. He wants the knowledge of the glory of the Lord to cover the earth. He wants us as believers to demonstrate his glory. Didn't I tell you that you will see the glory of God if you will first believe? So glory should follow. Supernatural should follow believers. But it won't if we're unbelieving believers. There are unbelieving believers. Like I said, I think 90% of Christianity is almost an unbelieving believer, somebody who is believing in their heart, but they're believing also the circumstances. We should be dead set on what God said is true. Mark 16, 16 and 17 says, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. But then he says this, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak new languages. Um, if, you know, if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. Miraculous signs will follow those who believe. Miracle signs and wonders will follow. It depends on what version you're reading. Those who believe. Didn't I tell you if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Well, that is the demonstration of God's glory is miracle signs and wonders. What is God's glory? God's glory is the manifestation of God himself, revealing himself. Sometimes we feel the glory of God in here. That's, you feel the manifest presence of God. Jesus walked into the room. 
that's what you feel. Now, he's always with us, but there's the manifestation of him walking into a room that just kind of changes the whole atmosphere. But all things are possible to those who will believe. And if we'll believe, miracles, signs, and wonders, and the glory of God will be demonstrated if we'll stop doubting but be believing believers. Well, how are we going to come to that? Well, I encourage you, read the word of God. Hear the word. Of, don't miss church. Don't miss a day of reading the word of God, meditating on the word of God. Why? Because he says that's how faith comes. If you'll increase in your faith, you'll see more manifestations of miracle signs and wonders in and through your life. How can I say that? Because all things become possible. Because you are growing in your belief. You're growing in your faith in God. And then again, praying in the Holy Spirit. We pray mysteries. He's, he's covering us in all the little areas that we need covered. We don't know how to pray, but he prays through us. And he says it builds our faith. So we need to do the things that he gave us so that we can be believing believers. We can't be jealous of somebody who's operating in miracle signs and wonders following them. The reason that's happening isn't because they're special. It's because they're reading the word and praying in the spirit. They're being believing believers. They're not giving place to the doubt and unbelief. So then God's able to demonstrate himself and show his glory through them. I believe that believers are going to start being believers. <laughs> we're going to do it without the doubt. We're not going to, we're going to, we're, we, we're going to understand that the doubt is just a sidetrack to get us to stop believing in our heart. God's word is true. If we'll take God at his word and not doubt at all, not let things waver us, we'll start seeing manifestations of God's glory. We'll start seeing miracle signs and wonders in our personal lives, in our families, our homes, our finances, and then out there in the world too. So practice by building yourself up. Practice by, you know, reading the word and just know that automatically, when you read the word, automatically, when you pray in the spirit, your faith is increasing that pleases God. Why? Because then when you're a believing believer, he can demonstrate himself through you. Then, you. then when he tells you to do something, you actually believe you heard from God. Then when he tells you to do something or that something's going to work out if you do it this way, then you actually are obedient because you believe his word. When I always tell people, when you read the word of God, you're on a date with Jesus. When we pray, you know, that's conversation. We're talking to the Lord. But when we read, we're hearing from the Lord. And you get to know him that way. You get to understand what he likes, what he doesn't like. And he can correct you in love. Make the adjustments if you love him. Amen? So praise the Lord. I hope that helped you. I know I was encouraged specifically that the believers didn't believe, and, and that helps me see that you can believe in your heart, but on the outside can have bombardments. 
but, but that doesn't please God. So we want to make the adjustments that we need to make and just not listen to that, even though it may happen, and just continue believing in here. Amen? I love, and this is what I'm going for, I love when he says, I mean, this happened for them so that they would believe, but he said, didn't I tell you? So in other words, he had instructed them before, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. So it's always going to be this that pleases God, believing or having faith before you see. But if you have faith, you will see the glory of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to see the glory of God. I want to see and I want to be a demonstrator of his glory and of his, his presence and of his miracle signs and wonders following me because I believe. Amen. Hallelujah.